Okay. Hi. Um, thank you so much for listening to Lafayette's Interfaith Podcast, Colton Corner. I'm Lisa Green. I'm the Interfaith Fellow. I'm also a member of Hillel. And I'm here with our wonderful provost, John Meyer. Thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me. Oh, my pleasure. This is going to be fun. Yeah. So uh, before we fully dive in, could you just uh, tell everybody about who you are, you know, how you got here, how long you've been here, what your role and kind of day-to-day looks like? Oh, oh yeah. The last one was <laughs> is much harder. It's, it, <laughs> so I'm, I'm finishing my 31st year at the college. Wow. Most of that, it was as a, as a full-time member of the the math department. Um, so, I'm a, so I'm a math professor. Uh, that that'll be my my gig when I'm done provosting. Um, but <laughs> right great. now I'm on I'm on loan to the administration. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, day-to-day job. Uh, I think that, that that this conversation is a great example of uh, I have no idea what's going to come through yeah, my door on any given absolutely. day, which is one of the things that's really interesting about the job. So yeah, yeah it's uh, it's a lot of meetings. I did I did. Uh, for some reason, someone asked, and I and I took a look at my February calendar, and I, I have about fifty hours each week when I am in meetings, um, and 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 then you do on top of that try and oh, answer emails wow. and write memos and plan and all of those sorts of things. So do, you, my do day, you get in some sleep in there? <laughs> not not as much as I should. Is, yeah. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Although I will brag, I actually slept nine hours last night, which wow. is, not, it is, it is far from the norm. But That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's so wait, How long have you been provost? And this is my fourth year. I'm finishing my fourth, fourth year. year as provost. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Wow. That's really, that's wonderful. Right. Um, awesome. So we will fully circle back around, but uh, mm-hmm. now we're going to start at the very beginning. Okay. And, uh, and we're going to fully delve in and get to know you. I'm so okay. excited. Awesome. So what would you say your religious or faith tradition is? Oh, that's all. That's also a, a, an easy <laughs> one. Um, I'm, a, I'm a cradle Episcopalian. Mm-hmm. I was baptized in the Episcopal Church when I was a, a wee infant. And, and I've uh, been a, a member of various mm-hmm. parishes throughout the, the years since then. <laughs> <laughs> Redacted. Uh, <laughs> oh, exactly. wonderful! Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was, and just, just maybe for some geography, right? Yes, so I was, I, I'm I just was, gonna say. I was born in Wyoming, so that's that's mm. where I started, uh, and then we went to Oklahoma. Um, wow. I, I lived in Illinois for a while in the Chicago suburbs, and then, mm. roughly speaking, high school was in was in Colorado, uh, oh, and, and then college and all of those things. That sounds like a lot of moving around. Uh, it, it actually, it was, it was. Pretty normal, mm-hmm. particularly if if you were in the United States during during the era and you were working for a large company. Um, right. So promotions came with transfers. Uh, that makes that sense. Was, that was the nature of the job. It's it's we've we've become. Uh, well, all right. I was about to make a declarative statement that may not be true. I believe we have become <laughs> much more uh, uh, settled, and people tend to stay in a place uh, longer than was the case. Uh, during my growing up, so yeah. right. Well, and I think with COVID, a lot of things are remote, so people stay put. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so, in terms of your growing up, um, mm-hmm. what were some of your first memories around faith and church and holidays? Anything kind of related to that? Oh, yeah. So, so what are some things I can I can remember? Um, uh, 
Really little. I just don't have very many memories. Sure. Um, but uh, I was always an, an acolyte. Sometimes they call it altar boy, although in the Episcopal oh, Church they always call really? it acolyte. So yeah. I really liked, you know, putting on, on robes and, and <laughs> swinging incense and carrying crosses and, and wow. all of that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I was I was very, very much into into that. Um, uh, my... my Father was very interested in the other side of the church. He was he was always the treasurer of almost every parish that we were in. He just you know it's like yeah fine put me in a room close the door let me <laughs> <laughs> let's see the checkbook yeah right yeah how so, long yeah. were you an acolyte oh I, forever right I mean wow. it, it, it used to be the tradition that you would go through high school. Now at a lot of parishes, it's it's more a, a thing any sort of age range gets involved in. Just you know whoever's feeling it. Um, so there's there's a, a little known role, rarely implemented in Episcopal churches, um, but it, verger. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, boy, if I if I got to like design what would be the most fun thing to be, it would be a verger. It's like the most grown up version of an acolyte. Um, oh. So you, you have this this wonderful little stick, and you. Walk around and you make sure that people are like going the places they're supposed to, and you point the book so the person reading doesn't like read the wrong thing. Oh, and, so and, funny! Yeah, so it's a it's a it's it's a it's a fun job. But I've I've only been in one parish where they actually had a verger and they had a lock on that job. So it's, oh uh, wow, yeah. that kind of sounds like an usher, maybe. Sort of, but sort it's of. directly involved in the service, right? So wow. you, you process with people, you you stand up near the altar, etc. So no, it's page thirty six. Exactly. I, Oh, yeah. It's like, you, you're doing the reading. Get up here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. It's almost yeah. like kind of facilitating yeah. the service. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's it's one of the things I like, and it, I would say this is this was part of my training as, as uh, an acolyte. Mm-hmm. But you, you, you see it in other things. Um, everybody's got a role in a, in a standard Episcopal service. It's part of the Anglican communion, same, same in the Anglican church, mm-hmm. um, broadly speaking. Uh, and one of the things I like is that you step into your role and you step out of your role without fanfare. So, really? you know, when it's time for the rector to give a sermon, the rector mm-hmm. gives the sermon. When it's time for the choir to sing, the choir sings, you know, right. and you just... You, know, you you move through these things, and it's same with you know the acolytes. So sometimes you're at the front of the procession and you're carrying the big cross, and and oh, wow. and uh, other times you're just basically sitting there, and other people are doing their thing. Um, yeah. and, and it's it's fun to watch that. And then obviously there's there's a lot of congregational moments as well, right? When when the really? the, the voice goes out to the congregation for for the things that they are saying. So. Oh, so you would reach out as an acolyte to the con- congregation? Well, I, I don't know about reach out so much as as you just realize that you know this is this is the moment when it's it's the it's the choir's gig or it's the congregation's gig or yeah. you know it's, now's the moment for the acolyte to do the thing the acolyte needs to do right so it's like a yeah. conductor yeah, kind yeah, of thing yeah. yeah that's really cool mm-hmm. um when you when you have that role you know how did you feel do you feel this pride this uh um. I, that's that is a great question. I don't. I pride doesn't feel like the right word. Really? Uh, okay. Um, uh, it was. It was just fun to be an integral part of what was going on. Right. Yeah. You weren't, you, it, it, it really emphasized, and and I think as an adult, this is this is the case, and you you probably very much have a similar experience. I think sometimes as a kid, if you're sitting in in like the pews, it, it feels like you're just watching. 
Uh, right. You're not, actively, you're not actively participating. Exactly. And I think this is a way to make it really apparent to, you know, someone who's a kid through a high schooler. I have a high school son. Yeah. Hard to call him a kid. Uh, <laughs> but in that period, to, to give a real sense of the active participation, which I now feel when I'm in a congregation. Um, but I think as a, as a child, it's not as apparent. And so having that role is a great way to understand that, you know, you, you have a role in this uh, in, in this event. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think that that's... Although there, I, I, actually, now I, I will go back. Uh, uh, the pride sure. has been sticking in my head. Um, yeah. Interesting. The, for, for really big services, right? So if you got mm. to swing incense at Easter, yeah, yeah there, there would be some deal. pride in that. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever get to do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I even I even got to do, um, so, so once people have enough trust in your skills, they'll let you do 360s. And, oh, what is that? And, and so it's literally you're, you're swinging, the, swinging uh, the, the incense around in a big circle, and you do three times forward and three times backward, and wow. you sure hope nobody's very close to you because this thing's going all over the place. Right? <laughs> do you get trained in how to do that? You, you, you do, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more practice than training, really. That and, makes and sense, yeah. yeah. Um, so you, you go out somewhere where, like, you go into a parking lot, right? So if an accident happens, burning coals go on <laughs> pavement. Oh, and it's, you know, it's oh like my God. <laughs> But, yeah. Wow, yeah. that that sounds like so much responsibility, but so exciting. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, were there other kind of traditions around holidays, maybe with, the, with your family or at the church that mm-hmm. made you feel really connected that you remember? Um, so I mean, you know, the 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 Christian calendar has got their moments. I don't. The beefs. I, I, yeah, right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say we had anything in our family tradition that emphasized anything more than would normally be the case. Right? Sure. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah, but you. So you it mentioned... more. It was more within the church itself that yeah. Yeah, that you really felt the sense of belonging, right. like your yeah. role. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's so cool. I, um, I you had mentioned about your dad, you know, mm-hmm. being the treasurer. Mm-hmm. Was he a real religious role model for you? Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> All right, so I don't know if we're gonna have enough time for this. Um, so uh, I would say, for the vast majority of my life, I would have said no. I would have been wrong, um, oh, wow. uh, just because I, I think as you get older and you reflect, you realize things you might not have thought in it. So, you know, he, he always had sort of a, um, very supportive role in churches. So, mm. so in the Episcopal Church, the governing body or one of the, one of the authoritative bodies within the parish itself is the vestry. He was frequently on the vestry, etc. But, oh. you know, he, he wouldn't be like, um, leading Sunday school or, or, or right. anything like that. That was not the, it was, it was more the back office operations where, Behind he, the scenes, he, exactly yeah. where he, he had comfort um, and and felt like he was making contributions. But uh, having said that, I mean the uh, the story. It's an important part of the story. Uh, in his retirement, he also you mentioned that my my wife is an ordained deacon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he became an ordained deacon in his really? in his retirement, and you know he did mission work in Africa, which wow. I know was a complicated thing, but sure. nonetheless, it's it was a a, a a moment when he was trying very much to to contribute um, and. And, uh, and so, so the phrase is, um, he planted a parish in, in Idaho. Oh, so he was wow. one of the people who, at the very start of it, said, "Yes, indeed, we should, we should have a 
church here and and you know here's how we're going to make it work and and all of that and, and it's it's still functioning it's the it's the wow. youngest youngest parish even now at least 20 probably 30 years on uh wow. in the diocese of idaho so um yeah shout out to saint francis uh, that's yeah <laughs> that's that's really amazing so he really kind of discovered that love of leadership later in life yeah yeah, yeah. that's really yeah. cool yeah, but uh, were there any other kind of central figures in your life who really instilled that love of faith in you? Oh, um, so right. So I, I, I think my my uh, father covertly um, <laughs> yeah, it, it makes it sense. fits that. Um, in in high school, uh, we were going to the cathedral in Denver, mm-hmm. um, and and I would say uh, Dean McPhail. The, the dean is the person who's, who runs the cathedral. So mm-hmm. um, Dean McPhail was was very powerful uh, during my high school years, wow. and they also had. Um, Robert O'Neill uh, was was I don't know what his title was. He wasn't the dean. He was something that reported to the dean, presumably. Yeah. Uh, it, it, they 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 were both very influential for me. Um, uh, Robert O'Neill actually ended up being the the bishop of Colorado much later later on. So yeah, uh, I I had an eye for talent then I guess because uh, yeah I, I <laughs> thought wow this guy's really good. <laughs> oh that's <laughs> yeah, so funny. Yeah. So I I. I I'm now going to demonstrate there's a reason I went into to academics. Um, I remember um, uh, Robert O'Neill was, was running uh, an adult Bible study midweek, you know, uh, reading uh, things, having, having discussions. Um, and, and I loved it because I, have, have you uh, done any like a, a course in the New Testament or anything like that? I know bits okay. here so and there. We yeah, about like Q source and and you know the ways in which the gospels have commonalities and ways in which sure. they have, they're distinct from each other. And, so and interesting, the different that, narratives. It, it's yeah. really fascinating, and so I, I distinctly remember uh, those and you know just just how much I enjoyed them and uh, and wow. and I also remember those are pretty big group right it wasn't like yeah. four people in a room on a wednesday night it was it was it was dozens uh wow. which, was, which is a lot of really fun. Yeah. i get that makes so much sense because if you have an engaged supportive community around you mm-hmm. you know you're gonna want to be a part of that be yeah. active yeah. yeah that's so interesting did you ever think about you know a being part of the clergy or something like that, or teaching yeah i mean i i, I certainly did yeah. um i i think uh so the, the the aspects of, of ordained roles that like any role there's there's various things that one does some of them appealed to me um, <laughs> many of them it was like yeah that's that's I'm not okay. my skill yeah. set um, I I, uh, I the 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 counseling aspects that that come with leading a parish uh that wasn't for that, you <laughs> that I, I, I would just not be the right person for that right? yeah uh, could, I, could i run a great service sure Sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah but the, the the things that happen outside of sundays um yeah i don't maybe I don't. a one day a week kind of thing <laughs> exactly. yeah. Right, yeah. Right. Can, I, can i just come in and, and run the service and preach i'll see you next week yeah <laughs> just check out the rest of, yeah that, that job isn't out there um so yeah, yeah. hmm yeah. That's really interesting. But then you kind of realized through going to these Bible studies mm-hmm. that you loved learning, and that's mm-hmm. what led you to go into academia. Um, well, I, 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 that's probably a little complicated, but it certainly is a, is a, it's consistent with the fact that I went into academia. Yeah. yeah. Well, what were the other reasons? Oh, so um, 
so I would say the the primary one. So when I was an undergraduate, uh, I, I, I would, you, you of course, and, and I, I literally mean you, uh, <laughs> spend some time thinking about well, okay, career wise, what might that yeah. look like? What would be interesting <laughs> to me? Um, and the teaching struck me as something that would very much be of interest to me. Uh, and, and I love being in a classroom. I loved exploring ideas. Um, uh, and if I'm being truthful, teaching in a college setting seemed like the sweetest version of that that was out yeah, there. Uh, you know, there's, there's uh, the, the material that you're teaching, particularly at a place like Lafayette, um, there's real depth there. You're, you're expected to be challenging people uh, and, and seeing if you can push them to, to, to right. do better, et cetera. Right. Um, go farther, think more deeply, et cetera. Um, uh, nimbly, I would also add, think more nimbly. Um, so all of that was, was, was very attractive to me. So that's, that's why I decided. And then I found out you have to get a PhD, et cetera, to, to do that job. So, so then I went to grad school so I could, I could do that. And, yeah. yeah. And then I did sort of a, uh, the equivalent of a self-designed major on like how to really? teach because uh, back in the day, that was not a focus of graduate programs. It, that makes it's, sense. It's changed yeah. over time. Now, <laughs> now, pretty much any large university with graduate programs has got teaching centers that are very conscious about providing people opportunities to, to learn the craft. Um, but uh, that was that was not a thing when I was going to grad school. Right, right. Uh, but you really wanted to go out of your way to make sure you're really good at it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah actually, I, awesome. I, I, I turned down fellowships. So sometimes you can get fellowships so you don't have to teach to pay your bills, and I just turned them down because I wanted to teach. Yeah, so, yeah. oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, what about math spoke to you? And so ah. that that's what I want my subject to be, my expertise. Um, let's see, as, as an undergraduate, I had lots and lots and lots of interests, and math was one of them. I really like the logic side of it. I like the fact that, uh, aside from somebody making a mistake, uh, when you get something figured out, it's actually figured out and it's right, um, and, and you can move on. Uh, right. You know, so so that aspect of it I really liked. Um, you know, I was I was interested in in philosophy. I did a whole lot of going back to the the, the podcast. I, I did a whole lot of of reading of um, it, it's it's. Uh, Philosophy informed by religious traditions, uh, really? which which was you know a, a really interesting uh, movement at the time. It's now 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 fairly established, um, and you know I just I really liked the the folks who were who were saying you know let's let's think deeply in the analytic tradition about things that are matters of faith, uh, and and so I, I found that a lot of fun. Um, but you know. I, I, I did a lot of poetry writing when I was an undergraduate. Um, wow. I, 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 I'm going to apologize to all the engineers. Uh, <laughs> I, I initially started to be an engineer. Uh, that was just because I got bad advice from, from people. There's, oh, well, no. there, there, there are great reasons to want to be an engineer, but sure. folks basically, when I was in high school, they said, you're good at math and science, you should be an engineer, you can get a job. Right. Um, but it, it turns out that like the things that are actually core to engineering. There's more to it. There's that. more, uh, yeah, and, right. and they were not particularly, I was not a person that tinkered in the garage. I, I didn't, yeah. <laughs> I never understood that. Right. So, so yeah, that was, that was just bad advice. Um, uh, mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of what are some of the other things. Eh, that's probably the, the, the highlights of what, where those interests were. So math wasn't like a, from day one, I knew that was 
where it was going. It was a journey. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. But I wanted to go back to the philosophy piece for Mm -hmm. a second. So did that change your understanding of your own faith at all? Um... So, uh, I, I think one of the things it did was it, it clarif- clarified, was consistent with, so, so the, the Anglican Church has a very long tradition of valuing questions. So Wonderful. we are much more inclined to what's a good question than here is the doctrinal answer. Uh, and, and so I think that's of a piece with my interest in philosophy um, and and realizing that that tradition of asking hard questions and thinking carefully about them uh, continues to exist in a variety of forms, that, that I think was, was of great interest to me. So, yeah, yeah, I never realized that. that um, that's really a key tenet of Judaism, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about, you know, there's no really one set answer. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I think, you know, related to that, I have... I have Great sympathy, and this is probably just some form of, of self-preservation or something like that. Um, lots of folks, and I, and I think it's a very wonderful thing, have the emotional response to the religious experience. I think that's important. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, the, the intellectual grappling is also mm-hmm. a really key of the part of the religious experience uh and and so sometimes you will you will hear folks who are like well all right you're just you know you're you're just spinning your wheels on whatever it's like no actually the spinning of the wheels thing is really important to to who i am and 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 what i believe so it's your core let let me let me go back to spinning my wheels because it's working for me right right of course yeah. yeah are there specific you know issues stories that you've kind of gone back and forth on maybe throughout your life oh um, nothing, nothing profound leaps out. I, I think it just pops up from time to time, right? That's, uh, yeah. Um, you know, so the Anglican Church was one of the very first Protestant churches. Uh, and, and so I would say we've, we've got um, a lot of alignment with the, with the Catholic faith. So certainly that, you know, how Protestant do you want to be? How Catholic do you want to be? There's, there's some, some tension there. And, and I think one just moves through that, uh, continuously throughout their life. Uh, if you're in, in the Anglican tradition, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, uh, I, I remember one brief period where I was really worried about uh, the emphasis that some po- folks put on the virgin birth because it was like, I just don't know what the benefit, what the, right. yeah, <laughs> what's, what's coming from that. Um, you know, so, but I wouldn't say any of those were sort of like a, a crisis of faith or anything along those lines uh, well, it's or, just something... or, or some profound change. It was more, uh, yeah, let's, let's think about this. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like nothing, even if nothing really changes or comes of it, mm-hmm. it's just interesting and fulfilling to have the dialogue. Right. Yeah. That's really interesting with the virgin birth. Cause it kind of brings up this question of logic versus faith, mm-hmm. you know, and, and can those things coincide? And I think they can. Oh yeah. Um, right. And it's, like maybe that didn't literally happen, but what can we get from that kind mm-hmm. of thing? Yeah. Yeah, and I and I think I think part of my disquiet was not so much. Uh, you know, I, I I have I have no qual- I'm not one of the people who who rejects miracles. Um, I, I, sure. I, you know, I, I'm I'm perfectly comfortable with the idea <laughs> of a miracle, uh, but I do think uh, one that would be a great example of why did the maybe it was a miracle that happened. 
maybe it wasn't, but for whatever reason, it became part of the tradition and one that got heavily emphasized. And mm. culturally, what does that say, right? right. Um, I, so I, I find that that you know that was the nature of, of what I was thinking. Um, so. So you really wanted to study how, what it said about the greater community. Yes. And that's yeah. yeah. That's and, so and how well does it fit with you know you know where I currently am and where I think the church currently is and and right. I, I I did nothing profound with the question. Um, I'm sure there are people sure. out there that do do profound things with the question. Well, but, but I yeah. think there's something so valuable and special in that. You know, it's we're a culture very focused on do 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 and mm-hmm. not enough on let's just think just mm-hmm. for thinking's sake. Yep. And I I really appreciate that. Yeah. I um did that. Did that become strengthened, you know, throughout your life, maybe as a result of school, after school? Oh, I, I, I think I've always been a person that lives inside my head. No, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a through line. That's yeah. A, yeah. Huh, that's really interesting. So then when you finished up schooling, did you go straight to Lafayette? I did, yep. Yeah. So undergraduate, straight to graduate school, graduate school, straight to Lafayette. Right. Wow, and you were a professor for 30 years and the mm-hmm. provost. Yeah, what has that been like? What has your, your family life been like, um, mm-hmm. juxtaposed with that? What, mm-hmm. what have been some professional you know, challenges, achievements mm-hmm. that, you know, and has any of that kind of been influenced by your faith? Oh, wow. That's all right. The last part. Yeah. Once again, you're good at at tossing in the hard part at the end. (laughs) Um, uh, That's my specialty. So, yeah, I I have absolutely loved the job. I think um, there are many, many ways in in which it's a a terrific job to have while trying to to do your best as a member of a family um, to be, you know, a, a husband and father. It gives you it gives you a certain amount of flexible time that a lot of other positions don't have. It requires lots of hours. That's that's the flip yes, side. Yeah. Um, but you do get a lot of flexibility in, in terms of how you organize your day and, and so how you can um, engage with things outside of the job. So, you know, that that's a that's a huge plus. Um, uh, yeah, I, I the, the, the teaching side has always been where I've, I've felt the, the greatest reward and I felt like I was having the biggest impact. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say math is one of those fields where um, uh, schools with uh, being at a place with a graduate program is highly valued um, and uh, the the research aspect is highly valued and I've, I've made some some really good contributions on on that front that I'm that I'm very very proud of um, uh, but I would say that for me if I'm if I'm trying to think of like some impact of all my time and effort mm-hmm. uh, I have done those things and I've also had a, a, a real meaningful impact on a whole bunch of students some just at the level of they got through calculus and it didn't stink that's a big deal that that to me is a big deal um, you know and, and and others have gone on to graduate school and, and that is lovely and, and they've done well and, and I I think that that is great but um, you know I would I would get to teach uh, well over 100 students in, in most academic years and and that was that was very meaningful to me and and we'll be when I'm done with this gig right so yeah <laughs> yeah that's really. That's wonderful. And do you feel like that mentorship and that being involved in the community, does that kind of mirror your growing up in the church at all? Was that kind of influenced? Oh, 
Um, uh, sure. I think I think it's probably all of a piece. Um, yeah. You know, one one of the things that's important about organized religion uh, <laughs> is is there is a community aspect of it, right? And and right. you know, it's and so there's a, there's a uh, and, and you gain strength from being a member of a community. You have a responsibility as a member of a community, and sure, I think I think that's entirely consistent with with that mm-hmm. instinct right um, yeah yeah so yeah it's 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 never about the paycheck right I mean, absolutely yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you want to pay the bills I'm not saying that <laughs> right? yeah. yeah but there's so much more to it than that and I'm wondering about the non-organized part of it you know and mm-hmm. in, in your day-to-day mm-hmm. are there things that you do maybe to cope with you're saying I'm not all- organized in my day-to-day <laughs> You're very organized. I saw that 11 to 11.30 invitation. I said, oh, I I better better be quick. Uh, But, um, yeah, I I was just wondering about, in terms of when you were mentioning organized religion, Mm -hmm. I was wondering if there are things you do, you know, with your life of so many hours and having juggled so many responsibilities, mm-hmm. if there are practices you have throughout the week, maybe every day, um, ritually, that uh-huh. make you feel connected? Oh, um, let's see. So I, 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 I it, some folks in the Anglican tradition do the daily office. It's a, it, basically it can be a, an at-home devotional. I, I don't actually do that. Um, I, I, I do always pray quietly on however long my commute is to, into yeah. the office. Uh, we, we used to live near Princeton, so I got to do a lot of wow. that. Um, <laughs> now we live a couple blocks from campus, so I have to be more efficient. <laughs> but, Quick prayer. But I actually think it's important, um, particularly in the in the job I'm in now, because like I, like I said earlier, you never know what's going to come through the door. Right. Um, sometimes it, it's really wonderful stuff, and, and you want to be able to, to celebrate it. Um, with the current job, often it's not, um, uh, and yeah. and you want to be present and supportive as much as you possibly can be, and 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 you need to, to do a little bit of charging of the batteries, and and of course, and, of course. and, and uh, you know getting getting yourself in a in a in a place where you've got good equilibrium for navigating through those sorts of things. So yeah, right, and and good support. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, this has been so interesting just getting a look inside your life a little uh-huh. bit and your journey to get where you are today. Um, is there anything else you want to add? No, this is this has been great. I've, awesome. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, thank you so, so much. Oh, my pleasure. Wonderful. And thanks for listening.